Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Snipers Hide. You probably couldn't hear that music because I'm not plugged into my computer set. We're doing a Zoom video because I have special guests and I'm doing multiple special guests. First, I'm going to jump into one, though, because it's his first time on the podcast. And he is the nicest guy in precision rifle shooting, period. End of story. There is no debate Gary Larson, welcome to the Everyday Sniper Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Frank. I don't know if I've ever been called nice, at least by my kids. So thank you for that. Dude, you are the nicest guy in precision rifle shooting, period. There is, there is no discussion. It, it's it. And I even have somebody that will back me up because you're not alone on here. We got Phil on the phone with us. Phil, Phil Vallejo, Modern Day Sniper. Welcome back on the podcast. What's uh, up, Frank? Thanks for having me, bud. Hey, man. How you doing? Uh, get, we got Gary on here because Gary threw us down, man. He's trying to cross like East Coast, West Coast drama, uh, you know, kind of Marine Corps style. And, and it's like, Gary, what are you doing, man? There, there's, there's, there's no challenge. You know, Phil knows he's going to have to take the L. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it started with just like a simple meme I made, just pitting you guys against each other, like 8541 versus 0317. And I was just talking smack and it just evolved into this. So it'll be fun. I mean, you could go East Coast, West Coast, because Phil was a West Coast guy. And I've never really, other than kind of California, well, uh, Cax in Bridgeport, I've never set foot on Pendleton. So I, I've never been on the on the West Coast over there. So you could do East Coast, West Coast, uh, gangster style, uh, you know, and 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 do that. Um, or you can go young versus old, like you did. I, although the Jared, what was it? Um, the underwear older than something, or that he's still looking for a Geritol sponsor. That was really good. Thank you. That was Thank a good one. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is actually Gary. Did you write both of those? Yeah, I just came up with them. I just I just thought it was just fun to poke the bears. Sometimes I like to stir the pot, as my friends know, and it was just good to poke at you guys. And I think um, I think you know part of it was their rear bags. Frank's got rear bags older than Phil. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, I, and, and Frank's still looking for a Geritol sponsor. So yeah. Now before we get too deep in here, because there might be some people who don't know you, Gary. Gary runs the Guardian Rifle Series, Precision Rifle Series. Uh, Guardian, I want you to give a little bit of the background, Gary. I, I don't want to mess it up, but Guardian is sort of a nomad series that's been running parallel to some of the other ones. And the reason some people may not have heard of the Guardian series is because there's zero drama. It's probably the funnest match you're ever going to shoot. It's one of the best entry-level matches people can shoot. Um, I've shot one. Um, I'm going to shoot another we're going to talk about. But Gary, background some people about yourself, your matches, and just the fact that you're the, you're the guy everybody wants to be like. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, so, yeah, my name is Gary Larson. I'm the founder and president of the Guardian Long Range. We're a nonprofit organization that, um, you know, 100% of all the proceeds, uh, all the proceeds that we get go back to help foster kids and orphans get placed into loving homes. So we're able to do precision rifle matches, but shooters 
uh, their registration, any of the raffle or prize table items that they purchase are all tax deductible, as well as any of the donations from any of our awesome donors. We've been doing The Guardian for seven years now, and it's been absolutely amazing. I started it off seven years ago just because I um, saw that there was this amazing intersection between the uh, need for helping orphans and the firearms community. And I was like, the, every time I go to the range, I'm talking to somebody and it's like, they have a Bible in one hand and an AR in another. And I'm like, why hasn't the church embraced the firearms community and, and you know, really helped these kids in need? And I decided to start the Guardian. And uh, that was seven years ago. The first Guardian that we hosted uh, was the first long range match I had ever been to. So I was looking up stuff on YouTube. I was looking at like NorCal videos and created a course of fire just based off of stuff I looked online and put together a, uh, a match and just crossed my fingers and it's taken off like wildfire since and it's been absolutely amazing. Well, Gary, that's kind of crazy if you think about it, like what pushed you towards what was your first thing that got your attention to go to Precision Rifle? If you hadn't shot a match before and, and you hadn't gone to any training that I know of, what kind of jumped you into just saying, hey, this is where I'm going to plant my flag. Why didn't you go to a three gun, handgun, something that might have been bigger on the audience scale? Yeah, no, good question. So I had been in ROTC when I was in high school and I, when I you know, uh, wanted to grow up, I wanted to be like a uh, Frank Galley or a, you know, a better looking Phil Vallejo. So, you know, that was my dream is to be a sniper, but instead I ended up playing college uh, baseball and, and going that route. And that fire to get behind a long gun and do that never died off. So um, when I eventually purchased my first firearm eight years ago, um, I'd go to the range and I was like, man, this is really fun. And I was also serving on the board at the time of an organization that was trying to find out ways to do fundraising. And we did this, um, you know, I, I didn't ask them, I just did it. Uh, I, you know, I tend to live under the premise of ask for forgiveness, not permission. So I, I did this because I thought it was the right thing to do. And and um, here we are today. But my passion behind helping foster kids and orphans is personal for me because I was one of those kids. I was one of the hundreds of thousands of children in the United States who didn't have a loving home. And I was going through high school in and out of foster homes and you know residential facilities. And um, it was something that I, I truly believe that we can get creative not everybody is called to take in kids, but everybody has a creative way of helping out. And that's what the Guardian provides is you go out, you burn some powder, you have a great time. And at the end of the day, you can feel good regardless of where you stand because you got to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And people absolutely love that. And honestly, if we're being honest, in this world today, in the society and the culture and the stuff that's anti-2A, we need more of that. We need the world to see that this second aid community is the backbone of just amazing people. And I, I want to, you know, push that forward as well. No, totally. And honestly, it, it, Gary, and I'm not going to put you on the spot or nothing, but if you're out there listening to this podcast and you, like me, we we're just, before we came on live, 
they were checking out the American Psycho bachelor pad I have here. Everybody says my new place looks like the apartment from American Psycho, which I'm digging that. But anyway, so I got to get back into the dating world, right? So I got to learn to date again. I have no clue how to do it. So if you want to score on a first date, you want to go to a Guardian match. 100%. Okay? 100% because Gary Great has- analogy. You're right, because Gary has a story. Gary, I, I can't even, because I'm portable here. I don't have a lot of like challenge coins around. It's like, here's a challenge coin, but I can go right here. And I know I got a Gary key sitting right inside here because I have Gary's key right there on my desk. And so I do I, I actually want to get it. I put it in the other tub. It's in this one. So there, there if you go, I didn't want to flip it, but grab my Gary key. That's just right there somewhere in here. I just had it too. I had it out for you, Gary, and I probably moved it because I'm losing my brain. But I keep Gary's guardian key on my desk over there because Gary's story makes all the girls cry. And so it's like, it, it, it does. And, and honestly, it is, it is a super inspiring. I'm not going to put him, it's too early in the podcast uh, to, 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 to go that route with the story. But the, the, the thing that people have to understand is where Gary's heart's at. One, he gives back, okay? He's not, the, it's not about how much money can Gary make. It's how does Gary support the charities he's working with? How does he give back to a system that gave to him, right? So he, he, was, he, was, he was in a system and I would consider, I, I think you probably do just based on what you say, Gary, your success story, if we look at this, the system. Yeah, as long as you don't let my wife listen to this podcast, I'll agree with that. Okay, well, you know what I mean, but you would- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, but I-, I you, you would consider that the system worked for you after, now granted, it probably wasn't easy, and, I, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to step into your shoes, but you're giving back to a system that- I think you came out of the other end a, a better person for is how I read what you say. Yeah, no. And, and so as I, you know, I still have uh, interaction with, you know, my, my mother lost custody of us um, when, when I was 11 years old. And um, what was interesting about that is, you know, she's, she's um, getting older now and, and, you know, won't be here for long. And I reached out to her a few years ago, and, you know, because I really don't have a relationship with her since she lost custody of us, but I reached out to her and I wanted to let her know that I loved her and I forgave her. And I didn't want her to leave this earth thinking that I hated her. And the reason why is because I think it's important for all of us, regardless of where we are, is just to be kind to one another. And we, regardless of, you know, if you're a good shooter, bad shooter, where you are, everybody's got a story and everybody's got like dirt. And God forbid I ever run for office because I will completely get exposed, you know, because we've all got dirt. And I think that's one of the things that people love about the Guardian is that it's very approachable. It's authentic. Um, I curse. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I act very, you know, real. And I do that. And I also say I love God and I think I'm doing his work. And I don't feel like, you know, you know, that I'm better than anybody. I'm you know, every day that I'm running the Guardian um, is uh, another day of me making shit up because I have no idea what I'm doing. 
And I think that's honestly where I need to be. Because once I think I have it figured it out, that's when ego gets in the way and pride and things like that. So um, I have no idea what I'm doing with the Guardian. We're making things up. We're trying things that are new. Our, our intent is to try to push forward a creative ministry that's going to touch lives of kids that we'll never even meet. I mean, there are, you know, over close to half a million children in the United States sitting in residential facilities right now waiting for a home. I mean, you think about that. Like, um, and what's frustrating for me, if, if I'm just being honest, is I live in the Charlotte area and there are enough um, churches in the Charlotte area to where if each one of those churches took one of those kids and made it their, their mission to get that kid adopted, all of the kids in North Carolina uh, that are orphans would, would have a home. And I'm like, why, why aren't we being more attentive to these kids? Because, um, you know, I think I had mentioned to Phil before that 80% of kids that age out of the foster care system, 80% of them are homeless or in jail within a year. So if we want to reduce crime, we want to take care of the homeless problem, things like that, we need to lean in and get invested. And the Guardian is a creative way to do that. Um, you know, like I said, not everybody is called to bring in foster kids or adopt, but we all love shooting. So why not shoot and be a part of the solution? Totally. And, and honestly, Gary, to, to, just to not to put too fine a point on it, but you've been doing this for seven years. You're the competition that people know the Guardian name. They don't all know Gary. They all don't know your story. You're not going, look at me, look at me. And you're still pointing this out further and pushing it to the other stuff. And that's a big part of that. I mean, you, you say, well, I'm not sure what, yeah, we all kind of don't know what we're doing to a certain extent, but you're being successful because like I said, no one, no one mentions a guardian in any way, shape or form in a negative way. I mean, Phil, have you, how many guardians have you shot? One. One, so you did the. And isn't the atmosphere different? Kind of like yeah. oh, yeah. no one's expecting anything. It's kind of got a different feel to it. Yeah, you, you know, you you go there, and I mean, honestly, you're you're going there to to learn and join a community. That's the way I look at it. When you go to a two day national level match, you're going to compete, and you're you're you're, you know. Let's, People will say, oh, I want to go and shoot with my friends. No, you sign up for a two-day national competition to see where you stack amongst the best shooters. There's ego there, right? Right. When you go to a Guardian match, you are looking to learn the craft of long-range shooting, and you're looking to, to support a cause that's bigger than yourself, as Gary pointed. And, and the mindset is just completely different. The atmosphere is completely different. And, and honestly, it's, it's probably one of the most conducive learning environments in general. Right. Because, yeah. you know, if even if you see a guy having a gun problem, you don't see him storming off and start blaming his equipment and stuff like that. You got, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I know now the capability of my equipment and it is what it is. Right. And 10 guys helped him. Yeah. You right? know, it's not two guys helped him. 10 guys helped him. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, Frank, you had said years ago or a few years ago, you said the Guardian is a match where people try to out nice each other. Yeah, And I take pride in that because in the seven years that we've had, I have yet to hear of an incident in any of our matches where someone's thrown equipment or, you know, gone off on an RO. 
Um, I've, I've known guys that are top level shooters that have zero to stage and they walk off the line and you know what they say is they say it's for the kids and it helps create this levity and this just whole gravity to why you're there and you're there not about you and um, you know trust me Guardian's not an easy match Phil would tell you he shot the GTI match at the nuclear facility it's not you know that was a very dynamic but you know, in seven years, we have still yet to anybody clean a match. Uh, Your stages aren't any different than any other stage. It's not like you're doing some meatball match in stage. It's not, you know, you're not putting out full-size zip six and and, and a guy like a Phil's not rolling in and cleaning it. You know, like you said, nobody's ever cleaned one of your matches. So yeah, it's, it's, there is a noticeable difference in the atmosphere because like Phil said, you're not, there's, there's no one that's in a points race going to a points race that doesn't take the points race serious because it's money. But if you're going to a guardian, there is no points race. You're going there to support Geary. You're going there because it's local to you and you know, it's a good match. You're going there to learn. You're going there for all these reasons that aren't because it's a points race. Well, I think you're going there for the reason why almost everybody got involved in precision rifle shooting is to have a good time, to burn some powder, to get better at a craft. Um, I, I used to have, a, you know, I used to have somebody that told me if you're getting stressed about something, you better be getting paid. So these guys that are getting stressed about stuff. It's like, dude, you're getting paid. Otherwise, it needs to be freaking fun. And that's what we want the Guardian to be is fun. And I think the way that we've created this format where, you know, for our two-day matches, like the one we'll talk about here in a minute about Texas, our two-day format, you know, day one, you shoot as an individual, you take your score, and the top three shooters, congratulations, you get a trophy. You don't get money, you don't get profit. Tiger Woods doesn't need another set of clubs uh, for winning, you know, a tournament. Well, maybe he does now, but, you know, I say Tiger Woods and I look at Phil. Um, but- <laughs> right. But, but you, they don't need stuff. And the reality is they honestly don't want it. They'd rather have the, the trophy. And they, they have a trophy, and our trophy looks like a house key because we're opening doors for homes for children, and I want that to be a reminder that it's not about you. It's about something bigger, so that's why our trophies look like keys. But, you know, at the end of day one, everybody gets their, you know, their junk measuring competition over. And then on day two, when we pair up that top shooter with the bottom shooter and second top, second bottom, so on and so forth, it creates a pro-am that is so dynamic that the person who probably was their first match was completely overwhelmed and was probably really frustrated and thinking about selling their RPR with the PSP and getting rid of all of it, now gets paired up with somebody with a brand new, you know, custom you know, everything, and they get to learn and get mentored by that person. And what we find is that the shooters love that second day more than the first, because, you know, if you're a top shooter, they love teaching and helping other people. The people who are on the bottom, guess what? They got to get a lot more hits. They got to learn and they got connected to somebody who's going to help them be a better march. So it works out great. What's going to happen when it works out that Phil's got to mentor me? Oh, well, I think, yeah, there's, we do have a senior division. Do we? Okay, good. 
feels like I'm not stepping in that. You must be this tall to ride the rides with Phil Vallejo. <laughs> no, so if we if that ever happens, we're gonna have like partner assisted stage where you have to like shoot off with each other. The master blaster stage. Yep, there you go. We'll do the master blaster stage. So yeah. um catching up with Phil real. Oh, wait, well, no, let's go into so December 4th and 5th is the match. It's outside San Antonio, Texas at Eric Finlay's place. Um, what is it? He's Foxtrot seven, seven Foxtrot. Seven Foxtrot. Yeah. Um, and there's a train up on Friday, the day before. So we'll be going over some stuff, uh, filling myself, uh, everything. Yeah. So, so the, the cool thing is, as I had mentioned, we have so many new shooters and newer shooters. We, we just done so much research on our demographic and fifth, over 50% of our shooters have five or less matches which means they are ripe for product enhancement. They're also ripe for learning and they're eager to learn. So why not take that Friday and turn it into a train up? And that's something we've committed to for the last two years is before every one of our matches, we try to do a four to five hour train up at very little cost to the shooters. And if I were to tell shooters that are listening that you get a four to five hour train up with Frank Galley and Phil Vallejo for 50 bucks, I hope that that would draw some attention because I can tell you that you're not going to be able to do that through modern day sniper. Phil won't be able to feed his family at that rate, you know? So it's, it's a phenomenal, but, but, you know, that cost is just in, it's a shoehorn into getting people into uh, some training. So we're encouraging shooters to go register. Guardian grow the sports, not a punchline. No. No, I mean, we've all seen it where a person has a frustrating experience and then they're like, you know what, screw this. And they end up selling or getting rid of their stuff. And now we've lost somebody that's a part of our 2A pipeline, somebody that's a part of our precision shooting community. You know, all of our donors, our sponsors, they've lost a consumer. So why don't we invest into making sure that people get better, invest into, you know, making sure people feel like, they can have success and they're going to be a part of the shooting community for years to come. I mean, if you were to think about Frank, how many dollars you've spent, you know, since, you know, maybe since you've gotten out of Marine Corps in 1971, but. (laughs) but, When you got out of Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, I'm I'm, I'm a cold, I'm a cold warrior. I'm a cold warrior, man. I'm a cold warrior. During the Cold War, I wasn't in no Vietnam. I was a Cold Warrior. Um, yeah, no. I it, mean, how much money have you spent, you know, as a consumer in buying things? Less now. The more popular I get, the less money I have to spend. <laughs> That's true. Because then they give it to you. It, there was a thing on that about that. It's like when, when nobody knew who Frank Galley was, I had to spend all the money in the world. Now that everybody knows who Frank Galley is, they give me the shit. And it's like, now I got the money, I could buy it myself, but they give it to me. And I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Um, <laughs> but no, it's 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 you got to reinvest in the um, in the shooter. The shooter is the found is that lifeblood. There is no this without a shooter. And so, if you can, if you you're giving that person all the tools necessary to succeed. Okay, you're you're bringing them in in an atmosphere that's not competitive, even though it is. It's not. It's the, the atmosphere is different. We, we we already talked about that. 
You're, you're making training available at a bare minimum price. Okay, $50 to come in and to learn and, and, and to get your, your, your toe dipped into so you're not completely blind. Then you're offering them a match that's exposing them to every single stage they're going to find anywhere in the country. Okay, you're not going to have a 75-yard run through the, through the canyons in New Mexico, but you're going to be you're going to do your match no different than a match done in Texas is done. And on top of that, you're going to flip the field and give you a mentor to show you what you did wrong and how you can potentially fix it. It is the cheapest weekend of training a person could ask for during a live competition. You're creating an atmosphere of success for people that can then take these tools, you're laying tools out on the table, Gary. You're saying, take one and go home and use it. Build Absolutely. me something. Build me something. You're, 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 you're saying, you know, here it is. Go build me something with it. And you don't care what that something is as long as they take your tool and go build it. How awesome is that? That's the missing element. That's the unspoken part when we do our rants and this and we don't like that or we don't like something in the negative, negative, negatives, because this is what we're expecting out of somebody. And again, that's why you don't hear anything about gear other than what a nice guy Gary is, you know, it's the nicest stuff that you can get. I mean, that's all it's, I hate to do this to you, Gary, because it's probably embarrassing, but you should be embarrassed for the other guys to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, to, to caveat off that, Frank, you know, when, when Gary and I first met, I think I was with Gunworks still. And um, we just started, it was through Instagram that, you know, you, you were you tagging me poking fun at it was the army sniper versus Marine sniper thing. And, you know, uh, y- you were just having a blast with it. And then we finally met at shot show and man, I, I mean, we hit it off uh, and it was freaking, it was, it's been awesome. And just to, like, like I said, man, just to see the community that you built with the Guardian is, I would say, is very similar to what Frank has has, has done with Sniper's Hide and, you know, we're, what we're trying to do at Modern Day Sniper. So all three of us are trying to build communities around, you know, um, you know, what we what we love to do, we bring people together for to accomplish a common goal. You know what I mean? And I think that's obviously why we all get along. But I, what. I'm looking forward to is, is really just seeing more, uh, more guardian matches. Right. I, I feel like just like these NRL hunter matches that I just started doing, there's not enough of them. And, and right now, yes, like the, the precision rifle shooting community is super saturated. There's like five matches going on a month. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Frank, we, we talked about this, but now you hear people bitching about, you know, bad matches, bad stage design and stuff like that. Well, that's what you get when you, when you try to pump 50, 60 matches throughout the, you know, uh, throughout the year, the, the only matches that pe- like top level competitors are going to be going to are the ones that are already solidified. And I felt like the, I feel like the, uh, community is built more at the, uh, like the local level, kind of what Pete's doing out here with WPR. And I feel like that's an, a perfect, opportunity for guardian Two to go to places like michigan or or uh, uh texas and really bring 
that local community together and, and try out their first national level match, right? Cause that's what you're kind of hosting. You're hosting a national level type event, um, you know, in those two days and, you know, it'll give them like, okay, I want to play in this game or I don't. Right. And, and I'm curious to see if there's any translations to, you know, uh, guardian shooters that end up going to, let's say the pro series. Hmm. Yeah. And I, you know what, I, that's a really interesting observation, Bill, because that's what one of the things that, you know, I had talked with, um, you know, the leaders in the NRL and the PRS. And I said, I have no problem with the guardian becoming a feeding ground to de- help develop national level shooters i mean we've we've got national level shooters that shoot our matches um but they use it as a training ground and as a proving ground so that when they go on stage you know against you know the viverts and the filetos you know they can they can measure up there but you're exactly right i i love the idea of us being able to provide that fundamental and foundational pipeline for the next generation of top level shooters. That's awesome. Um, you know, but you, you know, Phil, you had mentioned the local piece. One of the things that's very, we, we've done for the last um, two years is every match we have, we find a local organization that focuses on children um, and, you know, neglected and abused kids. And we write them a check and we have the shooters present them that check like the giant publisher's clearinghouse check. So this year, you know, every match we're giving away $15,000 to a local organization that is in that community. And we have the people show up, they talk to the shooters and say, this is where your donation is going. This is where we're investing it. This is where we could use your help. And, you know, there are a lot of organizations where people don't know where their donations go. Well, with The Guardian, you get to see, you get to touch, you get to interact with the organization that's using it. And what we found is that a lot of the shooters stay in contact with those different organizations and helping them. Like, oh, you guys are adding another, you know, part of your uh, boys home, you need another room. Well, guess what? I'm a general contractor and I can help you guys out with that. So it's like this like fishes and loaves thing is happening and it's absolutely amazing. Phil, you've been awesome about just promoting the Guardian and, and saying things, good things. I blush when, when Frank calls me, you know, the nicest guy in, in the community and I appreciate that. Oh, but honestly, Phil, the, the, uh, yeah, Phil, and but what you were saying with, with everything that's going on and we've, we've been down this road long enough in precision rifle. Okay. We, we have a history that it's, uh, you know, kind of a modifying, adjusting reset, whatever word you want to use, isn't a bad word. I mean, the, the, the idea that we've identified issues can't be addressed is blows my mind. It just completely like, cause I talked to all these guys and it's like, Hey man, you and I are saying the same thing. We both see this as a problem. Why not fix it? Oh, we can't do that. And it's like, why can't you, you're in charge. Now we can't do that because then that affects this guy down the way. Yeah. So what? Anything anyone does affects the guy at the lowest end. Shit rolls downhill. We already know that. And if you change something at the top, the guy at the bottom has to make adjustments if he wants to participate. 
clearly people want to participate, but they want to participate in something that isn't getting reached, you know, changed on Monday or Wednesday. You know, they, it's like NASCAR rules in a way. They don't want, um, you know, they don't want to end the race on Sunday and go home and say Gary won on Monday morning only to find out Phil won on Wednesday. You know, it's like, come on, man, nobody wants that. And, and, and it's not hard to modify because we see what works in best practice. We see things that work. People just got to get the, sort of their head out of their way and have to understand, yeah, you're going to make $6 less, you know, we'll get you back to eight, but you're going to make six bucks less in the beginning. And, and, and that's been a hard pill for some people to swallow. It's like, they got a taste of it. And, and it's like, yeah, I get you've been making eight bucks when everybody else has been making two and you really dig the $8, but you know what? Make two next week and give that money back into the community and then see what happens. You know, you'll, I don't know. It's just, it drives me a bit nuts. I, which I, I, I'm kind of glad to not talk about it, but I do want to before, because we've been talking quite a bit. I do want to come into the NRL Hunter stuff. um, Cause that's another series that is getting such a positive reputation in uh, Phil, you've shot a bunch of the Hunter ones. So just kind of give your take on the, the Hunter side as well, because that series is just lighting up. Man, I can't bring my selfie stick enough. It's just so much fun. <laughs> I, I built, dude, I built a gun behind me. I got a, uh, that, I got that Norma from Gunworks in yeah. your, your vector, but uh, the, uh, the, this one, verdict. Stock, the verdict stock, Chris Roberts is going to run it. Cause I won't be here. So okay. I actually built the gun, 300 Norma, hunting rifle ready to go, and I'm going to be leaving it so he can run it during the Hunter series. You got guys coming all over the place and, and, and like Chris going, I got to shoot it. I don't have a gun. I need something. And it's like, here, I just built this thing. Go ahead and shoot it. Um, this Hunter series is, is changing the dynamic. So, you know – uh, what I love about it is the, the, just a practical approach to just long range in general, right? I don't care if you're a hunter, a law enforcement, military sniper, you know, the, the, the game of long range shooting is find it, range it, engage it. Right. Um, not to take away from what, you know, the precision rifle series and national rifle leave in terms of gave me as a shooter, um, like that it, i mean it's like when i compare them it's not even fun anymore because uh the nrl and the pr like you're watching 10 other people do the same thing over and over again and you're like by the time you know by the time you get up there you're just like okay i'm gonna do what you know they did right and although when you're doing a prs or an nrl match the only thing you have to worry about is shooting like that's the only focus that you have you know it definitely helps with that skill set so you're not trying to mumble jumble you know like for like a team match like people that just shoot team matches there's so many different dynamics in terms of finding targets uh communication you know game planning and stuff like that where you you maybe do like 30 percent shooting Whereas like a PRS NRL, you do 100% shooting. So it allows you to just focus on that task and like translate over if you decide to go to team matches or this NRL hunter. So, you know, with the NRL hunter, right, everything is blind. And 
I would say the only kind of gaming, right. I actually brought this up to someone that was in my squad is like, if you have a general idea of like, all right, you've got, for instance, as you're walking up or running up to the stage and the marker is a prone position in my head, because it's prone, I'm immediately thinking it's a deep target. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And, so it's and, farther. And, right, right. Yeah. So like now I have to like scan something for 600 yards plus, you know, but if it's a positional, maybe I'm looking for something five, 600 yards and in right where I can, you know, essentially uh, adjust my scanning techniques based off of the shooting positions once I get there. Right. Um, that was, that would be the only thing in terms of experience and gaming that uh, I, I see, but everything, I mean, for the most part, it's, it's a it's a testament to an individual's ability to adapt on the fly, make solid wind calls, and and their equipment. You know what I mean? Um, it, in Idaho, uh, we were just I was just at you know we had some pretty nasty weather on Saturday, and um, you know that's where optics that you know were in binos or the uh, uh, or a monocular like really stood out in terms of like being able to pick out a steel target behind lava rock or in front of lava rock, right. A, a steel target that's already shot up that blends perfectly well in with the lava rock. You're like, Holy crap. I mean, when, when, when this, the, the, the clouds came out, the whole shooting, the whole shooting area was quiet because no one could find fucking targets, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, or, or, or the rain started coming and, and uh, you know, people couldn't range target. They were getting like 10, 13 yard readings because it was hitting, hitting rain. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I just can't, there's not enough NRL hunter matches. Um, I, I definitely think it's going to be the future of the sport. I mean, Frank, you, you brought it up in, in a few of your podcasts, like the three step, three step challenge, right? You take three steps and then you move to your prop. Although I'm, I'm super guilty of that. I, I know I can still hold my own when it comes to running up to a freaking hill uh, you know, just, you know, work, work on my breathing and stuff like that. But I, I think if you are, a if you are looking to use long range shooting for a practical application, you know, obviously with my roots being the military sniper background, I cannot stress that series enough. You know what I mean? Uh, because it, you know, it covers all the wickets of, of long range shooting. Well, and, and like you said, there, there's benefits to the PRS style uh, of what happened because what they did was put more people in a competition. Yeah. So volume, they, they succeeded through volume and got people shooting to now we sort of understand how we want to boil and refine the shooting we're doing down to be in what terms of practical. I mean, you just said something that, that like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm looking in my head when you're talking, I'm thinking like competition dynamics. And what I experienced running up to a blind stage with them. And you don't know what position you're going to shoot, you know? So maybe it becomes a case where you don't have a telegraph that says it's going to be, you know, a prone position. And that helps to get you out of that test mindset. You know, Hey, I know I can do this and cheat that. I don't have to do these things because I see before I get there, it's a prone. And, and that's an easy fix. But the, 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 the thing that w- has been looked at is if you look at Scott Satterley, Scott was waist deep. I mean, honestly, Scott was chest deep in PRS. He was running their matches. 
he was organizing them and he saw that this wasn't getting the reaction they were expecting. People weren't liking it the further down the road they got. And he tries to modify and kind of gets pushed out of the East Coast, even though he's not an East Coast guy, so it's easy to push him out. And then he's like, well, let me, let me tell you what I see. And then he creates NRL Hunter the way it is now. And, and, and it's, it's revamping everything. That's all I'm saying with a lot of this is be self-reflective, have the ability to say, this is not accomplishing our goals any longer. What needs to fix it? Okay, this. Well, can we do that? Yes or no? Well, some of it we can, some of it we can't. Well, what you can fix. And, 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 and to me, that's where the NRL side of it is because like Travis and those guys, I'm in, 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 in my own little Mia Copa with them, I expected to see them originally kind of take over, right? We're running the NRL series. What we say is what goes. What they did is they said, we're running the NRL series. We're going to offer you guys this plat platform. What do you want? And originally you didn't see what do you want coming because nobody else was doing what do you want? And the fact that they're giving people the tools, like it could be a Jim C. They're giving Jim C the tools to do the border war. Okay. They're giving Scott the tools to do NRL Hunter. They're saying, they're not saying no, the, tw and the 22, the 22 is another tool, right? We're giving you a tool. Here it is. NRL 22. Okay. We're giving you a tool. Here it is. NRL Hunter. What you guys do with it will determine whether or not the competitor likes it. And if the competitor likes it, it's going to be popular. Well, clearly the West coast model is working better than the East coast model. The East coast just has a louder voice. Or a unified voice, I guess, is what you should say. And, and, and so it seems like it's bigger, badder, and better. But really, it's just bad. And it's not bigger and better. It's just bad all the way around. But they have a bigger megaphone. It's been around longer. But the West Coast stuff, it's, you never hear Travis's name. Except what Travis is going to give somebody to do something better. You know what I mean? And, and to me, that is starting to create a clear line between the different groups. You know, you're, you're seeing that, well, we can all just keep going contrived or we can say contrived is not where people want to go. You know, I mean, G G Gary, you're a great example. You're, you're not doing whiz-bang matches. You're not doing something reinventing the wheel. You're a mindset change. The GTI, though, is a... Is a well, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, but you're using... Have you shot that yet? We no, should shoot... Actually, Frank, we should probably shoot that together. That'd be pretty cool. A GTI? Okay. Yeah, it's I... sold out, but I will kick a couple people off the bus to make sure you guys get it. Yeah, well, you don't is it even, sold? Dude. Is it sold out already? Yeah, it's well, it's it's we got we we. we dude, I don't GTI, even need, I don't need to be on the prize table. I could just show up and shoot it and not dude, even have my name on it. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I'm at I'm at the point in my life right now. I would much rather show up to any event with with my name not on the roster, roster. and still shoot it as 
a guest shooter. I want to yeah. be just a guest. We'll you know? be the guy in the, uh, well, the thumbnail I, I sent you from. Yeah, the yeah. Fellow, I mean, the that's because I'm not going there to compete. Yeah. I'm not going there to be the next whiz bang. I'm done with that, man. But the thing is, is yeah, let's let's be personable, be social. Let's let's change the mindset while still giving people tools that translate into skills when they leave the match. That's yeah. where I was going with it. So Frank, as you were speaking, I was just there were bells going off in my head because I've heard so many shooters say. Once you shot a match at fill in the blank, you've shot them all. Or once you've shot a match in whatever you've and shooters are, you know, once once they've shot a few matches, you indicated they're kind of tired of the same tank trap or the floating thing or the it's like, what can we do if you're giving me the course of fire in advance with all the distances, then it's just a shooting game and the NRL hunter helps solve for that because it's all unknown. You're going to have to find it, range, and engage it. And that's where between like the NRL Hunter and the team matches that incorporate so much more, it really helps um, create problem solving for the shooters. And it gives us match directors so much more creativity. And as I think about it, one of the things I was thinking of, because, you know, Gary's a nice guy, is why don't we on an annual basis have a match director summit? where we bring in all the match directors, invite everybody in there. If you run any match, come to it. We're gonna spend a weekend together and we're gonna talk about best practices for match design, for managing ROs, how to get prizes. Well, what are the best ways that we can do that? Those are the ways that my brain thinks. And I know that there would be some that would be reluctant to wanna share, like, you know, my precious. But I'm like, man, I have, I built an app couple of years ago, that is the a match time calculator. So I put in inputs of how many shooters, transition time, stage time, all squads, all of those things. And it basically says, if you start by this time, you should be breaking all of your stages down by this. And it was, um, you know, I've, I've worked with Chris Andrews, who runs Mammoth, to build this thing out. And it's been plus or minus 30 minutes. Um, so it's a phenomenal way to, for me to forecast what is, when should we finish up this match? Are we putting too much in? So like tools like that, I would love to be able to share with others. And I don't know if the community be willing to do something like that, but man, I think it would be awesome to learn from others. Well, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I know when I had mentioned the summit to try to fix some of the drama over the winter, uh, two thirds of the people stepped up. Two thirds said, no problem. I had, I had calls from about two thirds of the directors who, who were fine with it. There's, there's still a one third holdout. The problem is, is the one third is the bigger one third. It, it, it's, it's basically the top one third doesn't, and they might uh, now say, okay, but um, in the past, it was all the, the lower end guys, yourselves, Travis, um, heck, Pinch and Vibbert said they'd show up in a, in a minute. You know, those kind of guys would show up, but the East Coast is just reluctant. They, they, they think that we should follow their lead and not um, – the lead shouldn't alternate. Is yeah, kind there of, are a lot of even local matches. There are local match directors that, you know, are probably near you that aren't affiliated with anybody that could probably benefit – by looking at some templates on how to set up a stage or yeah. some templates on how to, what are some good outreach ways to get a hold of donors and sponsors? Uh, Phil knows. I mean, the, 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 the West 
kind of Wyoming, Colorado, Nebraska, Idaho. They're all working together right now. And they're, they're kind of each supporting each other um, in, in terms locally. And, and, and that's kind of what was necessary is that the regions had stepped up and created regional plans that support that individual region better than a national plan. Again, it goes down to states' rights, right? The guys in New York shouldn't be dictating for the guys in Wyoming. And, and, and really, that's kind of what it comes down to. But, um, you know, it's out there for people to go find it. It's now coming down to changing the way we find things and how we talk about things and moving um, the parts around for the people like yourself that want to work with others and say, hey, this group is all working together. Here's how you find them. Here's how you learn more. Go here for that versus, you know, the national side. And, and that's really what it comes down to. So, so, um, you know, I always say this in my podcasts with, with Kalen all the time. Uh, and this is like going back to our, our Frank, you and I's roots of being a sniper and, and all of the, the ego that surrounds, you know, what we've done. And, and, you know, when a sniper shows up to a national level match and, gets their ass whooped they ain't coming back yeah right? yeah when, when they get when they get whooped on by allison zane 16 year old they ain't coming back <laughs> and it's that mindset of like okay i'm going to national level match to compete and you know but that's the problem is, is that mindset in terms of and I'm, I'm strictly speaking on behalf of military law enforcement snipers but I promise you a, a national level match is going to teach you more about your ability to behind a rifle than any course that you go to. Right. Because when you go to a shooting course, the course is set up the and hopefully the instructors are, 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 you know, they're, they're teaching you the curriculum and, and it's setting you up for success based off of how they have their curriculum laid out. Right. So by the end of it, you know, you're, you're able to, you know, whatever your goal is for that, that specific course shooting out to a thousand yards, being able to be confident within 600 yards off barricade, whatever the, whatever the case might be. And, and, you know, I, I've been through every school that the Marine Corps had to offer for snipers. And until I went to my first national level match, two day match, it was a, not only a kick in the dick, but I learned a lot about my individual shooting capability and it gave me the drive to obviously wanted to, to do more. You know what I mean? But if you, and not only that, like the, the training aspect that you get from a two day match compared to like the well, Marine Corps. That's the missing element. And that's a, that's a whole nother podcast, but we got to yeah. talk about the training side of it before you get, cause I know where you're going. And yeah. the thing is, think about, is it how you're being trained in the military versus cause why is Allison winning? Is it cause she's young and came up when she was sharp and she doesn't have the bad habits or is it because her training exceeds someone else's? Her training exceeds someone else's. It, 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 what is she doing different? Because that's what needs to be. Um, is it just time? Is she? It's, just it's well. It's yeah. It's I mean. It's 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 for sure time, right? Um, it you know it's competing. She's I mean she's obviously competed around a lot now. She I, I see her compete. Yeah, but think about her first often. her first win or whatever the case yeah. may be. Her first win prior to that, what was she doing different than you? 
Oh, I, well, I would say that two hours of dry fire practice that she does every night. Well, then, I mean, that, but that's to see, okay, if we're going to, if, 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 if it comes down to just repetition, then that's a time management thing. And, and if she's dry firing two hours every night, uh, is a guy with a wife and kid in a job going to be able to do that? Well, no, that's where your divisions are going to have to start coming in. Like you guys were talking about, because you're not going to have somebody who can commit the amount of effort that she can because she's a 16 year old girl without responsibilities. Yeah. Her mom has it. Her dad has it. You know, if a guy's coming off a job and his wife wants him to go and clean out the frigging closet because she wants to move her stuff into it. Is he going to be able to dry fire that night? Because this is where I think people need to put certain things in context. Well, I, I think another thing too, but is, is uh, an individual specifically a sniper shouldn't rely on the unit to invest in them. Right. They, they should, they should take what it means to be a volunteer. They should. Yeah. No, take the, right. They, yes, they should yes. definitely take the time to invest in themselves. Like, I mean, not too many people know this and it obviously worked out and I'm the last person to ask for financial advice, but I took a loan out to buy my first custom bolt gun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And it, it ended up working out obviously, cause now that's all I do. And, and a lot of people still don't realize like modern day snipers is that that's how I put food on the table for me and Zoe. Like people are like, Oh, what else do you do besides teach people how to shoot? Like what's your other day job? No, this is my day job, you know? Yeah, yeah so like, exactly. And that's a dude, that's a commitment. If you think about that's a front. That's a first step off an invisible cliff. It is, and, and you know, I think, uh, you know, you you hit the nail on the head with with Allison, and that it's it's time, right? Because I've been behind a bolt gun professionally for fourteen years. She has been maybe two or three years, but she moves just as efficient as I do, or even better, mm-hmm. right? So where did that time come from? Well, it came from a lot of dry fire. Do 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 guys that you know that have families, stuff like that, have the uh, ability to, um, to put that kind of time and effort in. No one's expecting them to do that, but you, you can't sit there and tell me that um, Allison, because she's winning at her home range, you know, that she's whooping your ass, right? Because you're not able to put that. Well, if, if you want to get as good as Allison, then you have to. Yeah. You have to inv- right. Right. If, 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 you, if, her, if she is going to be your metric, you have to step up to her level of competence. That's right. And, dude, and I, I recently said this in the, in the class uh, with guys is because I do on my three day class, I just give them kind of a like, this is what competition can look like. I said, but understand the guys who are winning are doing six hours a week, 200 rounds every single week of practice. If you can't commit to that level, you're never going to, you should never compare yourself to them. And, and yes, you, you know what I mean? I, I always, yeah. And that's great. Cause I always ask like, you know, cause we get, we get a bunch of shooters that come to our course. Right. And, and even uh, I think I asked this at the guardian, you know, cause it, it's, it's always important when you go, when you, when you invest into long range shooting, what your ultimate purpose is, right? Like, do you want to be a better long range hunter? Do you want to be a better instructor? What, whatever you just want to have fun, but there still has to be an end goal. Right. And, and I ask a, a lot of my uh, curriculum is, 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 is based around not competition, but it always leads to opening that door for them. Like, Hey, sure. Like as much as we appreciate your business, 
I promise you a two day national level match is going to be cheaper for you. And you're going to learn a lot more about your shooting ability. Does that make sense? Yes. And and it really comes down to self-reflection. One, it's gotta be, it's gotta be recognizing bad habits because Allison comes minus bad habits. Her dad started her out correctly. She did not have to train out bad habits. She was instilled with a positive habits because she came into this game when we're fixing a lot of these problems. So now take a guy who is 45 years old, who has 20 years of bad habits that have to be trained out. And he's starting from minus 20 years on Allison, not plus 50. He's minus 20 on her. So you're, you're, you're thinking like, you know, I got 14 years of my gun. You might have six years of bad habits. Yeah. And so that's when you look at where you're starting, you got to subtract that six years where you can get someone like an Allison, a Mary Beth and these kids that are coming up today that are in the 14, 15, 16 year old who are being taught well and being thrown immediately into competition. They're, they're, they're trial by fires. I mean, that would be like being born during combat and then turning into the ultimate warrior. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's that kind of deal. Gary, we're going to say something. Gary. I, I, yeah. yeah. You guys could hear me. So what I was saying is that's what I absolutely love about this community is we are last couple minutes talking about a 15, 16 year old girl who is absolutely curb stomping us. And, and we're proud of her and we're lifting her up and we're using her as a benchmark for like success. And when we think about growing this sport, all the guys can't look like the old, you know, the old fuds. We got to start bringing in female. We got to start look, you know, bringing in people of all these different backgrounds and experiences and, and things to be able to really sustain the 2A community. So the fact that we have a, a teenage girl who's out there crushing it and people are proud of her instead of like dogging on her, I'm just so proud of this community for doing that. Yeah, I mean, my my point is nobody should be quitting this because they're getting beat by a 16-year-old oh, yeah, girl. Absolutely. Put it in context. Yep, put, yep. put her in, and really, I would be looking at her training. Yep. What is she doing that might help me and, and what is her training routine? Because it's probably pretty damn efficient. Yep. And if you're replicating her training, now the other thing is you got you got to mix in the fundamentals to get rid of any bad habits you have if you're starting down the road. But if you have a, a, a son or daughter who's 13 years old and you want to get them started, you throw them in correctly the first time. By the time they're 14, they're going to be unbeatable. You know what I mean? That's kind of where that comes into play is that you, is, is now we're creating, we're creating bigger, better, bigger, better robots kind of thing that are just rock stars. My, my hope is, is don't train them to take a test and move them around the board a little bit. You know, Jacob's kind of analogy that we can learn how to, how to execute a stage the same way we learn to take a test, I think is real. And, and so you want to give people a wider variety of choices. Don't just go to, to a PRS event, go to an NRL Hunter event, go to a Guardian event. You know, you go to a Guardian, like Gary says, you get your feet wet, you learn, 
and you have zero egos, everybody, their mindset is positive. You go learn that at a guardian. Then you pop over to a PRS type of event and see how it differs. Then you jump into the NRL hunter and now you're a more well-rounded shooter yeah. and, and it's a path that could be replicated. So one of the things that you were talking about youth is I don't know if we've, that when I say we, the guardian has done a good job of this. I don't know if we've made it well known that every, every youth shooter that comes to our match gets a hundred dollars in uh, raffle tickets to be able to get stuff off of the prize table. Cause we want to load up these kids with the cool stuff because from a consumer perspective, you're earning mind share. So if a kid walks away with, you know, uh, a Kelbley's action and that's his first custom action, you better believe most likely his second action is also going to be a Kelbley's. Um, So those are the types of things, but it also is that kid probably will appreciate and use it more than others. And they're going to help grow and and be the future. So, you know, a hundred dollars doesn't sound like a lot, but you, you can pull quite a bit off of, of some of these match, you know, tables that we have. So I, it's, I think it's awesome. It's, it's funny. So it's funny that you say that. And fr- Frank, I just listened to a podcast. You talked about uh, that Colin Fawson was a recipient of uh, a rifle that you gave him what, five, six years ago at yeah. a match. Mm-hmm. And people were bitching about that. Right. Cause, because Oklahoma, the Okies, the Okies, because pro shooters are entitled to that. Yeah. But Colin Fawson is now a great ambassador to the shooting community in, in, in that region. Right. Yes. And, 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 and it's awesome to see that, right. Where that, uh, where that went, uh, this pat or two weeks ago, the NRL hunter match. Um, I think there was a young gun by the name of Hunter. She shot with her dad. And, um, anyways, uh, like I think it was her birthday wish to, to shoot that event. Well, all those, the, the like big sponsors, um, at the award ceremony, freaking got her a scope uh, an action and i think now a chassis <laughs> yeah i mean and that- dude it was it was freaking awesome right and 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 uh you know that is and uh, it's it's too bad stories and all like that are not are not obviously out there as much right um but you know but that's, that's where what you the, should be focusing ex- exactly on. It, and it, that's the that's the beauty yeah. of the community you know what i mean um and and uh, uh I want to caveat on, on what you guys were talking about, about, you know, the to pr- progression of the, of the precision rifle shooter, or the rifleman, whatever your journey is, right. Uh, find a mentor, you know, and, and hopefully yeah, at these events, like at the guardian, you can find a mentor. Cause that's, you know, one of my biggest mentors, my shooting mentors is now not only a shooting mentor, but a life mentor, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I can outshoot him now every, I'd say, nine times out of 10, but before he used to, I used to look up to him. Like he used to outshoot me all day, but still like, he's taught me a lot about just being an ambassador inside of this community. And, uh, it's, it's, he's been great. You know what I mean? We, you know, he's my, uh, he's my Yoda essentially. <laughs> there you go. I mean, and, and that's what's, that's, that's where you see the successful people is the ones who follow that path and go down that and, and get a mentor. I, I, really, and I didn't give enough at the time when we talked about your classifications at A, B, and C, I went back and looked at it again. And I'm like, re-looking at it, re-looking at it. And at first I was like, yeah, all right, whatever, A, B, C, that works, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm looking at it and going, well, that's the perfect answer to all this prize table drama is to have four prize tables, A, B, C, D, 
your top guys, you could put the same thing on the A price table as on the D price table. And, and you can then split it up. And then this is how you eliminate the problems of an Allison Zane beating somebody by putting them in their B category. Because, dude, I work a job. I only can train so much. I'm a B guy, but I'm a good B guy. And there's nothing, and there shouldn't be anything wrong with being a B guy. And I think that was a, 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 an overlooked opportunity on my part when you guys first said it to really kind of go down that rabbit hole and to say, yeah, this is how you fix this issue. Just this one issue. It's one thing. How do we fix a price table? ABC, that fixes the price. That issue's done now. Go away. We don't have to worry about it until we see something else six years from now. Let's just leave it alone and fix it. And, and with that, the same thing with, you know, how you pick people out to promote them. Maybe it's, it's, you know, Allison's rocking these stages and we get to see her go through and it looks like she's in slow motion, you know, just smoking these stages. Maybe you, you take her to the side and you give a highlight of her smoking a stage that she's in slow motion doing. But then you say to her, how did you do that? What are you doing and practicing? And it should be, well, I dry fire every night for two hours. That should be the first thing people realize. Because then somebody's going to go, oh, now I get it. And it puts her in context. And it doesn't take anything away from her. There's still a dedication to doing that every day. She's not playing TikTok or whatever they, you know, I don't know what young, my got a daughter and I don't even know what they play. Um, <laughs> right. A lot of TikTok. Yes. Yeah. So, and Gary knows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my daughter's a little older than theirs. So, in, but she's probably TikTok into anyway. Facebook. But they, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's putting this information in context to help somebody who doesn't know and not just scare them away to say, you're going to get beat by a little girl. You know, there, 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 there's, there, there's a joke in there and we like that joke, but that joke scares people from showing up. Quiet, dead air. Sorry. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, go ahead Gary. Go ahead, Gary. Gary, give no, me give give me something, Gary. Yeah, no. So I mean, I I absolutely agree. I I think you know there's there's such an opportunity to embrace and lean into these kids because if we were to think about part of part of our motivation in doing precision rifle and doing this, I I think. Oh, you hit a you hit a button. You're mute. You're mute. Gary suddenly went mute. All right. Up your back. All right, sorry, I, I didn't pay my phone bill. Um, so, so I said part of the purpose behind what we do is to help preserve the Second Amendment. And if these kids that are, you know, like Allison and her peer group, their only exposure to what firearms is is dictated by the media, then we're dinosaurs. Yeah, we really need to find creative ways to reach out to these kids and into communities that don't um, traditionally have these types of things. Uh, the, the barrier for entry, you know, for precision rifles is very high. It's, it's not a cheap man's game. I mean, if, you know, you want to keep your kids off drugs, get them into precision rifle because they won't be able to afford anything. 
Um, well, I mean, even the best thing they could have done was showing Allison in her prom dress with a rifle and stuff. And she's still a girl. <laughs> she still does everything she's supposed to as a young teenage girl. But she's out there shooting and competing and, and, and doing well. So why not show the human side of it that she could be everything they say she's not going to be? She is. Let her show it. That, put that out there. And we need, and we need, and I think we've done a good job as a community of, of pushing that forward, but we need more Allison's. We need more Phil's. We need more Gary's. You know, we, we need um, more positive ambassadors to kind of drown out the negative noise because there's, there's so much of that. And if we don't, if we're, we're, if we're busy fighting in our own space, um, you know, the, the old saying, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but if you put a crack, one crab in a bucket, it can get out. But if you put more than one crab in a bucket, none of them will get out. And the reason why is they, as soon as one starts getting out of the bucket, the other ones start grabbing and pulling on it, and they never let each other have success or freedom. And that's kind of like what we see in some communities where it's self-destructive. And we see, you know, this group versus that league versus that association. And it's like, dude, we're in a bucket. There is, there is a climate um, of destruction around us. And if we're not intentional about that, we're all going to end up in the freaking soup. Yep. No, I, and, and that's a good place to end it. We've been talking for quite a bit, but Gary, you're 100% right, man. And, 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 and honestly, you are the, the, the balance in this community. You're the pivot point that, that everybody balances on because it, it's like you can always, you know, if you stand anywhere in Gary's shadow, you're going to be okay. <laughs> I put on the weight from COVID, but I appreciate the compliment. For no, yeah, you know what I mean. And and, yeah, brother. and 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 that's the thing is 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 that you're out there, you're doing it, and you're a positive force, and and I appreciate it. I I love watching Gary's stuff. I mean, your jokes are the best. Your 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 long term stuff. The combine's still number one. And and even, awesome. even that last stage where everybody was calling Mike, asking him for the range. Oh yeah, that was absolutely. That was the best, dude. He had guys. Guys were calling Mile High Phil and asking Mike, "Hey, is Mike there?" And they're going, and he's like, "Yeah, Mike here." And they're going, "What's the range?" He goes, "Range to what?" The last stage in the match, Gary said Mike had the range, and they were all calling him. I I left the last page of the course of fire blank. I said, "If you want the details of this stage, call this number, ask for Mike, and he'll give you the details." That's awesome. That's awesome. Mike wasn't ready. He had, he had no clue. Uh, so just a reminder uh, for people that are listening, if you're in the Texas area, uh, Frank and I will be there there for the match, Guardian match, doing a train up together December 3rd. And then Frank, from now until then, maybe we should jump on a podcast and talk about we'll go over that for that class. Yeah, we'll do one more. If yeah. Um, but just put everyone's on everyone's calendars. Um, Gary, thank you so much for, again, what you do for the community. And, uh, I can't, yeah, I can't stress a guardian and participate in the guardian enough. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, uh, seeing you again. It's, uh, it's the, it's the most comfortable water you'll ever dip your toe in. Yeah. I mean, it we really got is. More, yeah. We've got four more matches, Frank, that we got Florida in September over at Altus. You guys have shot at Altus. They're kind enough to host us there. So if you're in the Florida area, come out there or in Virginia at Pig River, I know Phil's a big fan of Pig River. Josh Bandy and his team are absolutely amazing, and we're going to be there in October. Um, South Carolina is in November. we got a couple slots left. We've, we've kind of closed it down because we don't want to overbook that, 
So we want to just reserve the last few slots for uh, the, the Vallejo uh, galley sniper team. Um, but then we're finishing out the year, as you had mentioned, in Texas, and we're excited. There's so much um, to be excited and blessed about, and we're excited to you know, finally get to go to Texas, and we hope to see you guys there. Totally. Phil, what, what you got to plug a modern day? Uh, no, well, we've got a positional course coming out Thursday, June 3rd. So check that out, moderndayrifleman.com. And uh, hopefully uh, you guys like it. Learn to shoot off your belly. There you go. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for commenting. Thanks to Gary and Phil for coming on. Uh, I really do appreciate everybody um, who, who, with their patience, with uh, getting me back in the saddle. Uh, I'm, I'm coming out of the other end of the tunnel. There's light. Um, but thank you guys. Uh, this was awesome. And go to a guardian, man. It, it, get out and shoot. Enjoy. Cool.